I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. And welcome to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO. Andrew Downs back with you on another Thursday night, and I am joined once again by my good friend, the Grand Poobah of Hawkeye Nation, the president of the Polk County iClub. It's Joe Schmelka. What's up, Joe? You know, Murphy and this grand poobah thing, I'm, I'm have to have a talk with him, man. Get him get him lined up. No, I'm doing okay, but I, I, I hate when I'm in the middle of football season and I'm not excited about my Hawkeyes. Yeah. Uh, or it's struggling to be excited about our Hawkeyes, right? It, it really is, kinda, yeah. It's, it's just the, the entertainment factor. Uh, is just so so low right now, Joe. That yeah, you and, and you know even Saturday, I woke up and you know I, I knew what to expect from this this game. I, I thought I would would win the game, and I thought the defense would uh, would make some big plays. I, I hoped that the offense would carry over some of the m- momentum they seemed to gain at the end of that Michigan game. But uh, I still woke up Saturday morning excited, right? You had that feeling. It's a fall Saturday. It felt like football. The Hawkeyes play. It's a night game. It's a big division rival game. Uh, and then, you know, the the game starts, and it's just really hard to keep your excitement level up uh, when this offense is so anemic and, and just not really fun to watch, Joe. And and so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this over the next hour or so here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show. You know, I, I don't think the sky is falling by any means, but uh, there's certainly big issues and, uh, and, and things that need to be addressed. And you wonder if, you know, just some sort of change for change's sake uh, would, would get people more invested. Because you're right, I, the thing I'm feeling more than anything is, is fan apathy. It's it's people who just aren't excited about these games anymore, uh, aren't excited to watch Hawkeye football, and this is what we wait all year for. Exactly, exactly. We wait all year for it, and, we, and you know, a lot of us have paid a lot of money for season tickets, and you make a big investment in different things, and it, yeah, it's uh, it, it's obviously disappointing, but, um, you know, I I guess my thing with it is, is I don't see this as being a long-term thing. I think this is... Uh, I, I really almost feel like uh, I'll call myself us in the media should have seen some of this coming and we just kind of totally missed it. I mean, our offensive line was not going to be good this year. Okay. I, I don't care what you say. It just, you look at it, it was going to be young. We, we saw Jack Plum play last year. We saw young play last year. Uh, it just, you know, and then we, then we got other guys that, We'd hardly seen play very much, right? I mean, you go back and you look at 2018, and you know the guys that we had. Somebody named Jenkins. He, he never played. He retired. You know, Plum is second string. Cody Ince uh, retired. He's not in football anymore. Ezra Miller. He retired and he had a back injury. He's a four-star recruit. And then I think he's playing for Nebraska now. I don't think he plays, but I think he's over there. Tyler Endress, uh, 2019. 
Now, he's third string. I don't think he's ever played it down. Not much. Justin Britt is out for the season. He's injured. And then a guy named uh, Noah Fenske. And he transferred someplace else. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say. And then and we just get, we got a lot of young guys. I, I think we're going to be fine. I think we've got a good offensive line. They're just very, very young. They're very inexperienced. They're 19, maybe 20 years old. And they're playing against 22 and 23-year-olds. And that's not a that's not a good thing. These these guys next year are going are gonna to put on ten or fifteen pounds over the winter um, in the weight program. Uh, they, they're going to have obviously a lot of experience, good experience, bad experience, but it's experience. They're going to be better. And 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 until Iowa can, until we can run the ball, we're not going to have a good offense. Yeah. Even when we can run the ball, our offense is is you know not not going to be the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, so, so I think everybody just, hey, it's a little bit of it's going to be a rebuilding year. Uh, I don't think there's too much doubt about that. Um, does that mean we have to drop all the way down to a three, four win season? Gosh, I hope not. I mean, <laughs> you know, the West is, is not very good. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to play the best team, maybe the best team in the country, you know, in 10 days. Um, what's going to happen there? Man, probably going to be ugly. But then after that, I don't see us blowing anybody out. I don't see us getting blown out by anybody. You know, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like the Illinois versus Wisconsin game last week. Okay, it was it was a very very close game. We beat ourselves some with penalties and and just the lack of ability to make a play. You got a guy wide open to go into the end zone. You throw it at his feet. You're moving down the field to kick a field goal at a minimum, and you got your tight end open, and you throw it five yards short. You know this this team just can't make the plays, and I mostly it's on our quarterback can't make the plays uh, that he needs to make when they're there. They're not there that often. (laughs) They are there. He needs to make them, and and, and he's just not. And he's getting rushed. He doesn't have much mobility. Um, You know, for 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 a guy. Like he just to be successful in most quarterbacks, but for him to really be successful, you know, he's not a Drew Tate. I mean, he's got to have a good offensive line, at least in pass blocking, and and he doesn't right now. But does that mean the whole world's falling? That means we should get rid of Kirk Ferentz. That means you know all these changes fire people. So that's the answer. No, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, the answer, the answer is get some of these young guys some experience and and come back and. And, and, and I'll fight another battle. Yeah, so tr- to try to improve week in and week out. As you said, there, there's five winnable games at the end of this schedule against Big Ten West teams. Uh, are, are your mm-hmm. dreams of a Big Ten championship out the window? Yeah, probably so. Uh, are your dreams of a really, really good season out the window? Yeah, pr- probably so. Uh, this is going to be a rebuilding year, but you're exactly right. I think Kirk Ferentz has has earned the right to have a down year every now and then, and, and traditionally those down years aren't awful. Um, now, now, will this one end up being awful? Maybe. Will this not get any better, possibly. Uh, but you're right. To, to make a lot of uh, judgments about this season as a whole when we're halfway through it, to make a lot of uh, claims about you know Kirk Ferentz's legacy or his job status or things like that six weeks into a season, I think is, is a little foolish. Um, 
And and you know, as as much as people don't want to hear this, Iowa is two replays away from being five and one right now. If if Mati Potabom yeah, doesn't exactly. fumble or or they don't call that a fumble against Iowa State, Iowa wins that game. And if I if if the the Riley Moss uh, scoop and score from Saturday night at Illinois stands, they they win that game. And so uh, while I'm as frustrated with anybody by the offense and the inefficiency, and and it, it makes the entertainment factor of this team far lower. Uh, this is not a an all in out. This is not a throw everything in the trash program or even uh, season right now for the Iowa Hawkeyes. The defense is fantastic. They gave up what three hundred yards, uh, three hundred and sixteen yards, and just nine points to an, an Illinois team that you said yeah went into Madison and really put it on Wisconsin. And so uh, it, it's it's not time. But but then you you do worry Joe because now you have the bye week so it just it gives us all another week to kind of talk about this and uh, Brian Ferentz met with the media Wednesday afternoon we'll talk about that a little bit here coming up uh, and so it just gives people time to kind of uh, wallow in this sadness to for for the national media to pile on and and have their jokes about nepotism and about how bad Iowa's offense is and then you go to Ohio State and you don't feel good about that game at all and so you you just it, this is going to get worse before it gets better. But that doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean the season is over, uh, or that there's not good things left out there for this team. Um, it's just it's it's not going to be. A, and the the other thing, the the fire everybody, or the you know the fire the fire Brian Ferentz even. Uh, it's just it's not going to make that big of a difference. Um, I, I would like to see something change on offense, if only to just see something different. If that's Alex Padilla coming in, great. If that's making changes at offensive line, like whatever, whatever that is. I, I would like to see something change just because this clearly isn't working. But I don't think that firing Brian Ferentz right now is going to drastically change this offense. I honestly don't think that changing quarterbacks is going to drastically change this offense. They kind of are what they are, and, and you hope they get better each week. And as you, you pointed out, you hope the offensive line gels a little bit more. You hope that Caleb Johnson uh, finds some, some running room and, and continues his kind of ascendancy uh, as I was featured running back. And you hope that you get some guys back from injury or, or you gain some chemistry between the quarterback and the wide receivers, but really nothing, I, I don't see any easy fix to change this offense drastically, and so I just don't see Iowa making any drastic changes knowing that it's it, this This team is just never going to score 40 points in a game unless they get, get a couple of pick sixes. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I mean, the defense did all they could. I mean, my gosh, they set the offense up first and goal to five, I think it was. Um uh, you know they held them. They 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 held Illinois to nine points. Um, they created three turnovers. Um, you know they didn't really have have penalties. I mean they they played great. Okay, special teams played pretty good, right? But these penalties on offense. This is one area that is really really getting kind of screwy. I mean we 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 just we've got some penalties there that that we can't have. The biggest thing is it's just the offensive line. I mean Illinois's got a really good defense. Okay. And they do. They got a really good defense. It's not like we're playing against the, you know, the school of the blind or something. I mean, Illinois may end up, who knows? They may end up nine and three or ten and two or something. This is this year. It's not where they were last year. It's where they are this year. And Bielema, you know, he knows how to coach in this league. He knows how to coach against Kirk. Um, he's had a very good record against Kirk. All right, and um, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Once again, you, you hate to lose the game. We shouldn't have lost the game, um, but I don't. I don't think sky's falling. I mean, I, I think there's a ton of talent on this team, and you know, I think we're either the youngest or the second youngest 
team in the Big Ten. And and that, once again, should have come across in the preseason projections. You know, it kind of did for Iowa State as an example. I'll use that. It's like, hey, we lost some of our guys, and here's where we are. Well, you know, we did too. And then we come out, you know, is Keegan Johnson going to play the second half of the season? That's huge for us. Is Vine going to come out and play? He's supposedly about ready. Um, he was looking really good in uh, fall practice. He's got some speed, um, which we, oh, boy, as bad as the offensive line is, you know, it should be nice to have some speed on the outside, too. So, you know, we can get back to a point and, and you know, we can go four and two over the second half of the season. You know, still salvage a seven and five season, go to a nice bowl game, and get ready for next year where we won't be the youngest team in the Big Ten. Right? We'll have a new quarterback. <laughs> I don't think Spencer's got any more any more um, uh, availability or eligibility after this. So, so we're going to move on from that. Okay, we're going to turn the page there. Our wide receivers are now going to be juniors instead of, you know, sophomores and freshmen. And, uh, you know, we'll lose a little bit. But what, do we, what will we lose on, on offense? We'll lose Laporta, yep. uh, Regani, and Petrus. I guess Monty Potamon. Otherwise, I don't, I don't think, unless I'm missing something, no, I, I don't think right. we'll lose anything else on offense. So our offense is just very young. They're not very good right now. And it happens sometimes. And we'll, we'll be better. Do you think this is a, a good time for the, the bye week to come? Um, yeah. I mean, if, if, we had to, if we had to roll right into Ohio State, oh, man, I can't even imagine. You know, um, I, I, I think this gives everybody a chance to catch a breath, really work on some things, get back to working on some fundamentals and things. Um, you know, we've got a very good defense. But Ohio State's got a great offense, okay? I mean, you know, people don't realize Iowa spends $25 million bucks a year, you know, on our football program. Ohio State spends closer to $50 million. You know, they're spending two to one against us. And, and, and it's if people really expect us to compete against Ohio State, Alabama, and, you know, those schools every year. Well, it's just not a fair game, okay? It's just, it's just not. And their administrations have all decided, no matter what, they're gonna, they're gonna, they want to win at football, and they're going all out to win at football. Um, our administration, you know, isn't isn't going there. And uh, Gary's, you know, Gary Barty's got a got a tough job. He doesn't have as much money as Ohio State's got, and he doesn't have, you know, that win at football attitude um, here as, as, as well. We want to win. Gary wants to win. Kirk wants to win. You know, our president wants to win, but you know, the commitment to winning here is not what it is at Ohio State, not what it is at, you know, even at Michigan. It's certainly not what it is, you know, at, at Clemson or Alabama, some of those places. So it's, uh, it's a little bit tougher deal. I've seen some. We, people, we can talk about that all day. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's an unfair game. That's for sure. This is the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show here on one hundred six point three Cakes. No, Andrew Downs and Joe Schmelka talking some Hawkeye football. We'll get to some Hawkeye basketball as uh, Big Ten Media Days were earlier this week. Iowa Media Day uh, last week, and uh, and some excitement there. We'll, we'll definitely see some offense uh, with the the basketball teams, uh, even if we don't see it for the rest of the football season. Uh, Joe, I've I've seen some Hawkeye fans 
You know, about two and a half years ago, there was a necessary change made in the strength and conditioning program uh, when Chris Doyle was let go. And, you know, we, we all, we've talked about that a lot. We all know the reasons why. Uh, but, but I've seen some people start to question, you know, he was a highly paid uh, assistant coach for a reason. He was very successful at Iowa uh, as far as the results on the field and the results with kind of changing guys' bodies and, and specifically the offensive line and what he was able to do with that. Um, you know, this is not to, to question. Uh, Raymond Braithwaite or, or what's happening right now, but they, I've seen people start to wonder if losing Chris Doyle was more of a factor on the field that then maybe we gave it credit uh, for the first couple of seasons, and now two and a half years later, you're, you're starting to see some of that on the field. How, how much credence do you give to that uh, line of thinking right now? Well, I, I, I think that was a lot of it. I think you'd see a real drop-off on, on the defensive side of the mm-hmm. football as well. That's a good point, and and I don't see that. I I just think I mean you just got to be honest. You got to look at it, and you got you got to go across the board. How many how many Big Ten teams, and I'll say winning Big Ten teams, winning Power Five conference teams have four sophomores, and uh, I think a freshman, redshirt freshman, uh, and their offensive line, and, and th- that are doing well. They're just they're just not and. And and you give these guys another year, another off season in the weight room, along with this playing experience, and and I think you're going to have vast improvement. We've got really nice running backs. I, mean, I like I really like Williams and uh, and Johnson. Both they're really good running backs. Um, we need some help at wide receiver. We've always needed help at wide receiver. This isn't the first time, you know, that we haven't had, you know, when's the last time we had a real superstar wide receiver? We all thought it was going to be Keegan Johnson. I think he's caught one or two passes this year. Yeah. You know, he's our best explosive wide receiver, and he hasn't played, right? Um, Brody Breck, he might come in. He really hasn't played a lot. And still we've got Ron Bruce, nice player, exciting player, good player, but he's a complimentary player. And, and the same thing as Regani. He's a complimentary player. Um, you know, we, we, we need, we need a really good wide receiver and, uh, or two of them and, and, and we don't have them. That's, that's just reality. We've got two good tight ends and, and then we kind of, we kind of drop down. So, um, I, I, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's all the weight program. You got to wonder, I mean, Doyle was, was awesome. Right. I mean, the guy was fabulous. Um, but I, I got to think. I got to think if there was any issues there that somebody could still probably reach out to him, and and he's he's got enough love for the Iowa program and the players and everybody there that that uh, he'd give you some input and say, hey, uh, what about this? What about that? What about you know, try this type thing. So I I don't really think it's the weightlifting. I I, I don't know. We'll find out. I guess um, we'll find out about a lot of things, Andrew. I mean, if this trend continues, it basically started with the Penn State game last year, right? Yeah. It's just kind of been mediocre since, and now it's terrible. Now our offense is terrible, and the only thing I can sit there and look at is just is just really the use of our uh, offensive line. And I think once these kids get to be twenty one and twenty two, uh, you know, at Dunkers and 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 men's Bo Stevens and Colby. I think Colby's playing out of position. I don't think he's a tackle. I think he's a guard. Um, but you got you got to find the, you got to find another tackle, and and you know I, I think they're going to be really good, but you know you got to have a little patience once in a while. Not every we're not we're not going to win ten games every year. We're not going to win nine games every year. You know it just it's football. Look at Iowa State for crying out loud, best team they ever had last year. They went seven and six, and and they're 
as bad or worse than we are. I mean, that, that's the game I'm most upset about losing because they're yes. not a good team. No. Losing to Michigan? Okay, that's fine. In Illinois, Illinois would beat the crap out of Iowa State right now. <laughs> they, they just would. And people just got to chill a little bit and so, take a look. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of where I wanted to go here in, in our last few minutes here talking about football here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show, 106.3 KX. You know, Andrew Downs and Joe Schmelke, you know, you, you just brought it up, kind of the perspective piece of this and, and, and understanding where Iowa is in the pecking order of, of not just Big Ten football, but of, of national football. Um, it's been since 2012 since Iowa has had a losing season. Iowa went 4-8 and eight in 2012. Uh, since then, the worst season was 2014, the 7-6 and six season, which ended with a loss in the Tax Slayer Bowl, and I would say at least uh, from my memory, Joe, that's as close as most fans have gotten to uh, wanting to move on from Kirk Ferentz's head coach. At the end of that season, you had uh, the, the Jake Rudock-CJ Beathard uh, issue. You had just a, a rough end to that season for Iowa, uh, and they answered that with a 12-0 start to the next season, ended up going 12-2 and with a loss in the Rose Bowl and a loss in the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, Iowa, over the last three seasons before this one, Two 10-win seasons, and the one that wasn't 10 wins was 6-2 and two in that weird 2020 season where you feel really confident that Iowa would have gone 8-2 and two had they been able to play Michigan on championship week and been able to play Missouri in the bowl game. Both those games were canceled due to COVID, uh, but that, that's a good season that Iowa had, rattled off six in a row there. Um, and, and, and I understand all of the context of how frustra- I'm as frustrated as you are right now with this offense. And I understand that over the last 14 games, since that high watermark of that Penn State win last year, just over a year ago now, Iowa is 7-7 seven and seven in those 14 games. And I think in six of those games, they've scored seven or fewer points. So I understand that context. But Kirk Ferentz has earned a lot of goodwill in this program. And I've just been surprised. I'm not surprised to see people say fire Brian Ferentz. I'm not surprised to see people say Ben Spencer Petrus. Uh, I'm not surprised to see a lot of those things. I have been surprised, uh, certainly this week especially, to see as much kind of not anti-Kirk Ferentz, but ready to move on from Kirk Ferentz uh, talk that I've seen because it's been a decade since there's been a bad season. Uh, they haven't all been perfect by any means. They, it, it will never be perfect at the University of Iowa. Uh, but I've, I've just I've been a little surprised that uh, how quickly we how knee jerky this all feels to start throwing in Kirk Ferentz's legacy. And I mean, Kirk Ferentz's legacy is pretty damn secure. And it's going to take a heck of a lot worse than a three and three start to a season to, to, to tarnish that thing. And so uh, I've, I've been surprised to see that much kind of Kirk. Ferentz vitriol out there, and maybe it's because I followed the wrong people on social media and run in the wrong circles, Joe, but uh, I mean, he has built up a lot of goodwill not just over 23 years, over these last handful of seasons, which have all been very good uh, up until this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it's, it's just nonsense. These are the same guys that were whining and complaining and, you know, they got all the answers back in 2014. And fire Kirk. Get rid of Kirk. Fire that's your only answer is fire somebody. That's 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 not a good answer. Why don't you uh, take a look at the Nebraska program? Um, how many coaches Illinois has been through? Um, you know, it's it, it's it's easy to simply complain and whine, and and we've had tremendous seasons. I think, with the exception of Ohio State and Wisconsin, over the last seven years, you know, we've got more wins than anybody in the Big Ten. And that includes Michigan. God, look at Michigan. Look at the patience they showed with Harbaugh. I mean, you know, and they've got resources and financial capabilities we, we can't even dream of. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's it, 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 it's just silliness. And if here, here's where I would go, where it's time for Kirk to retire. Okay, and this is in this bleak situation. If a bunch of players, young players, young talented players, good recruits, suddenly leaves the program, enter the transfer portal uh, at the end of the season, I would I would have great concern. I don't think that's happening at all. And you can go back to the racial thing, you know, two years ago when all that came out. Oh, my gosh. You know, where the, the, the coaches treat these players terrible and it's awful. And, you know, I had disagreements with some of the writers on our own site for crying out loud. And none of them left. Why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't all these kids leave if it was so awful? In fact, they've come back and said it's better than, better than ever. So it, it just, it just, it's like you've got to be a little patient. We're three and three. We're a couple of plays away from being five and five. Last year we won ten games, and we we're probably four or five plays away from from winning seven games. Andrew, I mean that's just that's football, that's sports. Yep. You know, ball bounces around the rim and it goes in. You win a game, the ball bounces around the rim and it goes out, and you lose a game. And and you know, I I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, Brian called some plays, make me scratch my head. That double reverse. Yeah. But if it had worked, <laughs> you know, if it had worked, it would have been a great play call. Absolutely. You know? but, it, but it didn't work. And, 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 and just like the one that was a little swing pass out there to Johnson when we were down there by the goal line. I mean, if Spencer turns half a step quicker, if he's just a little more mobile and he gets turned around and throws that pass just high enough where Johnson can get under it and catch it, it's probably a touchdown, right? But instead... You know he doesn't, and throws it at his feet, and you know you miss you miss another big play, which has kind of been Spencer's deal. You know, as, as far as Fadia goes, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I'm confused. I'm confused uh, by Keegan Johnson. I don't understand what's going on there. You know, they say, well, he's got a hamstring. Uh, I didn't hear it was a hamstring before the uh, bowl game, so I don't know what all's going on there. Um, I don't know what the deal is with Fadia. Why he wouldn't warrant, you know, a, a quarter, a half, a series mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're totally changing everything. Uh, you know, you, you bring in your backup quarterback, bring in your backup goalie. I played a lot of hockey. Bring in your backup goalie, it gives the team a spark. It changes things. So, so I don't understand that. But once again, we don't know. We don't know why Charlie Jones left. You know, all they point all the fingers like, you know, these guys. They act like they know. They don't know, okay? And I'm not going to get into that. But, but you know, there, there, as always, there's a whole lot more to every story than we know, that we know what's going on. So let's see what happens with the rest of the season. Uh, my optimism is we get Keegan Johnson back. My optimism is that our offensive line starts to play a little better each week. They're not going to be great. We're not going to, like you said, score 35 points a game. But if this team can score – I think I've thrown that stat out there before. I think Kirk's teams are 60 and 60 and uh, well, they're probably seven or eight now. We've lost a game or two, but when, when we score 18 points or more, I think uh, we're we're 60 and nine or something like that over his tenure. So we just we just score, you know. We got to score. Got to find a way to score 13 points, then find a way to score 16 points, and against a lot of these teams we have coming down the stretch, that'll win the game. Yes. Well, Nebraska's not going to roll up 30 points on us. If they do, okay, something's really wrong. <laughs> yes, if they do, uh-oh. 
but I just I don't see it. I don't I don't see Wisconsin doing that to us. I don't see Northwestern doing that to us. Purdue maybe I don't know. You know it depends on which quarterback you get and, and a bunch of different things there. Um, but the defense is going to keep us in most all of the games, and we got to find a way to uh, to score a few more points. Let's get Keegan Johnson back. Um, let's get this Vine kid in there. Um, he's number zero. I don't. He hasn't played at all. He broke a wrist. Uh, I think at the end of uh, practice, um, fall practice, right before the season. So he's been out, but sounds like he's getting ready to go. Um, you know, heck, I still say put Cooper Jeans over on offense. See what happens. Yeah. Why not, right? Change something, yeah. Deep breaths, Hawkeye fans. I think that's that's where, where you and I are going to leave this here, Joe, is take some deep breaths, yeah. take the weekend off, uh, yep. <laughs> maybe even take next weekend off because that Ohio State game doesn't look great. Uh, but there, there there is potential with this team. There's potential with this season. Uh, it's not over yet, uh, no matter how dire it may look at the moment. What doesn't look dire is the prospects for Iowa's basketball teams, uh, one of whom is picked to repeat as Big Ten champions. The other is picked to get back to the NCAA tournament. Joe Schmelke and I are going to talk about that and a whole lot more. This is the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on 106. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome back to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. Back in black here on 106.3 KXNO. My name is Andrew Downs. He is Joe Schmucka. If you missed any of our football conversation, we had a really good one in the first segment, an extended conversation, not just about the Illinois game or what's coming up next, but the, the state of the program as a whole. If you're looking for some optimism with Hawkeye football, uh, check mm-hmm. us out on the podcast page at HawkeyeNation.com or search Hawkeye Nation wherever you get your podcast. HawkeyeNation.com is where you're going to get the best Hawkeye coverage from Rob Howe and Rick Brown and John Bonacamp. Uh, Joe and I do this show each and every week here on KXNO, and you can hear it on our podcast uh, every week there as well. And uh, just a lot of fun stuff going on over at HawkeyeNation.com, especially now in this this part of the year, Joe, where uh, we start getting basketball media days. You still have football season going on. Uh, wrestling is, is certainly right there. We're on the doorstep of that and expecting big things with that program again this season. And so uh, this is a, even though things aren't great, perfect with football, this a fun time of year to be a Hawkeye fan. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, we've got we've got the best. Uh, women's basketball is going to be dynamite. Men's basketball, is, mm, we'll see. And wrestling is going to be, you know, out of this world like it always is. So um, it's it's a great time of the year. And if we can get the football team to start scoring, uh, you know, 15, 20 points, I, I, I think we'll finish that off pretty well, too. And, and we'll roll into next year uh, just fine. 
just fine. Big so Ten, our yeah, great. I agree. Big Ten basketball media days were earlier this week in Minneapolis. Uh, both the men's and women's teams spoke with the media. Uh, Iowa had a, a fun contingent there. Iowa's got a lot of personalities on, on both of these basketball teams. The McCaffrey boys, Caitlin Clark. Uh, the coaches are personalities in themselves, and Fran McCaffrey and Lisa Bluter. Uh, th- these are fun programs right now, and, and programs that uh, have things going well. Uh, Chris Murray named preseason All Big Ten. Some high expectations for this young man, uh, obviously coming off of his brother's huge season a year ago. Um, There's a lot put on him. I I have this feeling that Chris Murray is going to have a great season, and some people are still going to be disappointed because it it may not reach the level of Keegan Murray's season last year. Uh, I don't know that Chris Murray is is a top-five NBA draft pick. I don't know that he is a first-team All-American player. I think he could play really well, Joe, and, and have a big role on this team, but have other guys like Patrick McCaffrey and Tony Perkins play so well and, and kind of have it be a three-headed monster that maybe Chris doesn't stand out as much as his brother needed to uh, on last year's team. But the expectations for Chris Murray are, are, are high going into this season. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And, and I don't think Chris Murray is going to have to be a Keegan Murray us to have some success this year. I think he's got to be a good player. He's got to make the plays that he's capable of and play to his strengths. Um, everybody's going to be a little better. Perkins is going to be a little bit better. Uh, the younger McCaffrey's you know, continuing to put on some weight. He's continuing to get stronger. Um, hopefully he's improving his outside shot a little bit. Um, uh, you know, Sanford from here at Waukee. I mean, that's a kid that can light it up, okay? He can score. Um, we got to put some points on the board. Uh, uh, the guys in the middle, are they going to dominate? Are they going to be the best centers in the Big Ten? No, they're not. But I think they can be a little better than they were last year, both defensively, both offensively. And all of a sudden, we didn't lose that much from last year outside really of Keegan. Um, um, you know, Bohannon, he didn't have that great a year, right? I mean, he just he just didn't. He didn't shoot that great. There were a few games where he did, but um, but I, I, I we we got to have somebody step into that point guard role. Um, sounds like that freshman is pretty good. Um, we got a couple guys. We got we got to have better point guard play. We got to have somebody that can slash and move and and make a really good pass. Um, whether they're breaking down a defense, uh, you know, or they're running fast break. And if we can get a good point guard, um, good point guard play, uh, and I think I think I think we have a really nice team. You know, if we gotta if we gotta go in and uh, you know we don't have a point guard that can break much down and, and things like that, and all we gotta do is, is throw it constantly into uh, Chris Murray all the time and hope he can create something. No, that that's that's not gonna be good for us. Yeah, I, I agree. The, those those guard positions, yeah, those guard positions are going to be interesting, especially that point guard position. As you talk about, I think Aaron Eulis is probably penciled in as as the day one starter, uh, based on what what he was able to do last season. Uh, and and I really like he and uh, Tony Perkins on the floor together. I think defensively they they make a huge difference. It's something Iowa just hasn't seen in a long time to have two guards who can defend at that level. Um, and, and Desante Bowen, who you mentioned, the the, the incoming freshman. 
they're really, really high on him. Everything we've seen is that he's kind of ready to go. Uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what he his role is on this team, not just at the start of the season, but how it grows throughout the season. And then, you know, Joe, you, you mentioned Peyton Sanford, and I think he's a guy who could really have a breakout season this year. Uh, he'll be he'll be a guy off the bench. I don't think he breaks the starting lineup at any point, but he could be a guy who plays a lot of minutes, uh, is the first guy off the bench. He has grown, apparently, in size. He's certainly grown in confidence. He's got a really nice shot with a high release. He's hard to defend. Um, and, and so I, I even see a, a scenario where Aaron Eulis and Tony Perkins start at, at you know in the backcourt for Iowa, and then you know at that first TV timeout, maybe whoever is point guard goes out, you slide Tony Perkins over to point guard, a, a position he can certainly play, and you bring in Peyton Sanford and, and give them that look. Uh, the, the guard position, I think, right now is has some things, even with the loss of Joe Toussaint, has some things that I would just hasn't typically seen in in point guards under Fran McCaffrey. You know, so often it's been guys like Jordan Bohannon, uh, who's uh, was a really good player and did a lot of great things at Iowa, but yeah, couldn't break down the other team, couldn't drive and get to the rim. If you have a few guys like that, and it feels like Iowa does, uh, that could really change things certainly throughout the season, but especially once you get to the NCAA tournament. And as we know from the past few years, Joe, no matter how good you are during the season, uh, if you don't have success in that NCAA tournament, uh, the whole season is kind of remembered as a as a dud yeah it, it can be i think we we're a little unfortunate last year in the draw that we got remember on sunday after the big 10 turn of the big 10 tournament of evening late afternoon game um you know we played four games in a row we're dead okay and they got to get on a flight and you got to fly home back to iowa city i think they got back so many times they got back three four in the morning so by the time you get back to your apartment you get to sleep yeah, it's it's a mess, okay? And that's Monday then, all right? And then you got Monday. And then Tuesday, um, I think they had a little bit of a practice. You know, Wednesday, they basically got to catch a flight, you know, out to New York, I think, is where we played in the NCAA game. And these are excuses, but, but they're also reality. And and then boom, you got to jump out and you got to play somebody right away again. And and, and that's, that's just a really, really quick turnaround for a short period of time. But I mean, you're dead on. I mean, it's a game you got to win. It's too bad we didn't get a Friday game instead of a Thursday game. It's too bad we didn't get a game, you know, closer to Iowa City where we don't have to fly all the way out there. But that's, you know, that's another one of those roll of the dice things. And uh, should have won a couple, three more games during the regular season. Maybe you wouldn't have had to deal with all that stuff. But but we did. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Are we going to be world beaters? Are we going to be favored? No, of course not. I think we're picked, what, finished seventh? Yep. I don't know where we finished last year. But, you know, nobody nobody saw um, nobody saw Keegan come out, you know, coming out like he did. Who knows? I mean, Aaron Ulis has got to shoot the ball better. He's got to handle the ball better. You know, I doubt we'll get much out of Josh Dix this year. I mean, with a broken leg and everything like that, that's that's hard to come back. He's only a freshman. But maybe by the second half of the season, you know, he's stronger and shooting well. We can always use good good shooters, right? And Perkins played a lot better last year. Hopefully he'll play, take it up another notch. Peyton Sanford, to me, he's the key for this team. If he can come out and average 10, 12 points a game, you know, I think we can be pretty good. Um, if he comes out and averages four, and and Fran doesn't have a lot of confidence in his in his uh, ability, then I don't know. We got we got to find some offense, you know, someplace. Patrick will give us some. Chris Murray will give us some. 
you know, but we can't be looking for Connor to shoot three pointers. With <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of games, I mean, that, that's just reality. I, 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 to me, the thing that is hurting with this team the most is probably our three point shooting. Uh, you know, Rebrock is not a three pointer. Ulis doesn't have much of an outside shot or hasn't in the past. Uh, Perkins can, but he's more of a driver and a slasher. Sanford certainly can. Patrick, I don't know. He's got a crazy shot. Um, hard to get off it. As high as Peyton Sanford's shot releases. <laughs> Patrick says that low, yes. not lower. Um, you know, Murray can shoot the three-pointer, but that's probably not his strength either. And then you're down to Connor. So, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna struggle at at, at certain games uh, to find points. But they're a tough bunch. They're gritty, and uh, if we can get a couple guys scoring some points and improving their game. From last year, uh, we, we could we could have some fun with this season. We could have some fun with this season. You know, as, as you mentioned, Iowa picked to finish seventh in the league. Uh, ended up fifth last year. I think tied for fourth, but was the five seed in the Big Ten tournament, which they ultimately won. Uh, I saw Joe Lunardi has Iowa as a ten seed in the NCAA tournament. Of course, that's like ridiculously early bracketology, but uh, good to know that, that that's kind of where the national scene sees him. Uh, Fran really has this program in a good spot to just reload each and every season. Uh, four years in a row now, Iowa has won at least 20 games. Four years in a row, they've made the NCAA tournament. Obviously, 2020, that, that tournament wasn't held, but they certainly would have made the tournament and maybe made a nice run in that tournament. It felt like things were trending in the right direction uh, that season. It's too bad we never got to see that. But now four years in a row with, you know, you've had Luca Garza, you've had Keegan Murray. Now you're looking to, to, to replace them. But uh, Fran just has this program in a good spot. I think it's a reasonable expectation at this point certainly for this season and, and probably going forward to just expect Iowa to, to at least compete, if not get into uh, the NCAA tournament each and every year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you, you got to see, uh, I, I don't know to pronounce his name wrong. You think a guy named Schmelka, he could pronounce anybody's <laughs> name right, but Agundali, yeah, you know, he's got to improve. He's got to take another step. He gave us some good minutes uh, there towards the end of the season, but he, he he's got to be able to come in and give you you know ten minutes in a game, and and then who knows who knows what uh, what, what Molde is you know the other center forward, you know he's six eleven two forty five. We need some size, and uh, we 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 need those two guys, one of them at least, to come in and uh, and, and give us something. Um, they have to give us, you know, 20 minutes. Well, no, but they got to come in. They got to play some minutes. Uh, God forbid an injury. There's not a lot of depth on this team. Um, you know, it used to be that we had 10 players and we, we get all over friend about, Oh, come on. You got to pick you know, top eight or nine. And now I, I, I really see seven, maybe eight players here that, that, uh, that we can probably count on at least at the first half of the season. Dix is, uh, He's a bit of a wild card, and and a couple of those others, you know. So if a gondole and Molde can can come in and give us, you know, five, ten, fifteen minutes, that would certainly go a long way. So no, I think it'll be fun. And then you know, let's let let's fight women's basketball. Women's basketball is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, honestly, I've never been very excited about watching a women's basketball game. I went over last year, and uh, and watched. I'm telling you, you got a free Saturday, a free Sunday. Go over to Carver Hawkeye and watch the Iowa women's basketball team. I mean, Caitlin Clark is amazing, and she makes everybody around her look look better. And uh, 
you know, they they they're really loaded. I mean, they they got everybody back, and and uh, she's going to be stronger and a little faster, and uh, you know, she she's a shooter. Yeah. I mean, so that's going to be fun to watch that too. Yeah, you talk about a coach who's who's got it going right now, Lisa Bluter and and her team, her program right now. Yeah, Caitlin Clark, the best player in the country. Monica Sinano is an All Big Ten player, and uh, they have they are picked again. They 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 won the regular season Big Ten championship and the tournament championship a year ago, and they are picked to do the same thing this season. And I couldn't couldn't agree more. Get over to Carver Hawkeye Arena, even if you don't think women's basketball is your thing, you will regret not seeing Caitlin Clark in person. I promise you that. This is the biggest star in the state right now. She will continue to be a big star. She's going to be winning gold medals for the Team USA. She's going to be winning WNBA championships for whichever team drafts her, probably number one overall in a couple of years. Uh, this is somebody that we will hang our hat on for a long time as being an Iowa Hawkeye, and uh, you still got a couple of seasons to see her uh, over in Iowa City. Joe Schmelka, thank you so much, man. This has been a, a fun time as always. Always appreciate talking with you. Uh, enjoy the weekend off here, and uh, you and I will reconvene next Thursday here on the Hawkeye Nation Radio show on KXNO and uh, start getting ready for, I guess, brace ourselves maybe for the Ohio State game. But I appreciate your time as always, Joe. This has been fun. All right, buddy. Take care. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. That's it for the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO. Again, if you missed any of it, check it out on the podcast page at HawkeyeNation.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but go to HawkeyeNation.com. It's where all your coverage of Hawkeye sports is. If you missed any of the uh, the coordinator interviews from Wednesday, uh, anything going on, you got the historical perspective from Rick Brown. You got the daily perspective from Rob Howe, John Bonacamp in there as well. And then uh, you can hear me talk about the Hawkeyes uh, each and every week. We appreciate you listening. And as Joe said, hey, go Hawks!